everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 294. In this episode, we talk about HubSpot in 2023, approvals functionality, HubSpot meetings tip, and a paid seed gotcha. You're listening to the number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for maximizing your use of HubSpot. My name's Ian Jacob from Search Me Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really well. We've had a public holiday yesterday here in Australia, so I'm feeling very refreshed. And we had a, a big chat yesterday, didn't we? And we can talk about HubSpot, how it's changing. Things have progressed rapidly. Yes, and let's go to our growth of the week. And this is going to be an overview of HubSpot hubs in 2023. All right, take it away, Craig. I was chatting with a client the other day and they happened to mention they weren't aware of this particular feature in HubSpot that I thought everyone knew about. And I realized it's easy to be in my head and think what I know everyone knows. And maybe you fall into this trap as well. I don't know, Ian. But because HubSpot has changed so much over the last couple of years, I thought it was good at the start of 2023 just to have a little bit of a recap and kind of consider where HubSpot's got to. So I've got this table. It's in the show notes. Sign up at hubshots.com slash subscribe and you'll get this every Friday. But just to explain to podcast listeners, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I've got a table. I've got each of the hubs and then two columns. One column is, look, you probably know this about the hubs. And then the second column is, well, you may not know this. So I thought it was worth just going through. I'll go through each of the hubs. So we'll start with Marketing Hub. I think most people know it's a mature suite of enterprise level marketing tools. So you can build entire marketing campaigns from start to finish in HubSpot. And when I say marketing campaign, pages, forms, emails, follow-up, seek, nurture, emails, automation, reports, blogs, social, all of that kind of thing. I think most people know that. However, when we're chatting with clients, they may not know there's a bunch of things in marketing that you can do. For example, you can use chat tools for marketing. There's attribution reporting. They've done a lot of work around attribution in the last two years. That's especially the case in marketing. Even in pro, you get it, uh, but enterprise is where it really unlocks. Advertising integration, the number of portals we go into and they don't realize you can put all your advertising platforms linked into HubSpot, not only for management of uh, campaigns, which you may or may not do within the tool, but for reporting. That's the key thing. And of course, advanced segmentation. So there you go. Some things you probably know and maybe you don't around Marketing Hub. What about Sales Hub? Let's look at that one next. How would you describe that, Ian? Well, that's retaking the power of the CRM, right, Craig? And so really seeing the full CRM functionality, the management of pipelines, automation of pipelines, actually, that's probably a big thing, quoting and forecasting. But some of the things that people are not really aware of is the meeting scheduling, is call tracking, and now we're even testing receiving calls in HubSpot. The sales automation call sequences, so that's another way that uh, helping automate reach out for teams. And I guess once you move on, people kind of discover this target account uh, feature, which is account-based marketing. And so really understanding on a company level, who are the people am I talking to? Who are they? What are their needs? And then having a very targeted strategy to reach out for them. But I just love the overview of that and the dashboards that you're able to track things in. So that's definitely one of those things to look out for. All right, on to Service Hub. Service Hub. I think most people know that Service Hub has tickets. You've got a full ticketing platform there. You can automate tickets. There's a lot of automation there. I think most people know you can do surveys out of Service Hub. 
NPS, for example, customer surveys. And I think people know you can do chat, so service-based chat as well. It's quite sophisticated now, so it's not just a, a baby tool like it was maybe a couple of years ago. It's very mature as well. What people might not know, though, within Service Hub is you can automate a whole bunch of business processes. So don't just think of Service Hub as your customer service platform. You can automate business processes across all your departments. We've got a whole episode on that uh, recently where we talk about just that. You can build knowledge base in there and there's a customer portal as well. So therefore, Service Hub, ticketing, yes, but so much more. And just consider those, how they might fit to your business. What about CMS Hub, Ian? That's right. And that's really around uh, your website. So a lot of people probably start, if you're using Marketing Hub, you might actually have your blog on a HubSpot. And this is the next step where people go, oh, I really have a, uh, I really enjoy managing the blog in HubSpot, but managing the website is quite cumbersome. So you can bring all that together with CMS. Big differences is you get the same drag and drop builder. You get all of the security and website management. The big differences is people that move is for smart content and personalization multi-language features, and most recently, Craig, a lot of people are loving content staging because what they do is they might start off by moving their existing website into HubSpot, and then they go on a journey and they're like, oh, I'm ready for an upgrade. So content staging really comes to the fore in being able to A, easily be built pages, then get it previewed. And if you're using Enterprise now, you even get the option to get approval on pages, etc. So really building that workflow through. But I think the biggest thing is that everything's in one place. It's consistent behavior and you can see how everything works really well. So, and of course, SEO and A-B testing tools. And as you move to enterprise, we get more testing, not just A-B, but multivariate testing. I'll just talk about CMS because a lot of clients are moving to that. Uh, We, if I talk about our own company, we've used WordPress, I don't know, 15 years however long it's been around, we've slowly been moving everything over to HubSpot. And in fact, last year, pretty much every site in our own suite of brands is now on HubSpot because it is that good. It's that mature now. Everything is built in. I used to favor WordPress because there were so many plugins and things like that. Very rare to find something that's not in CMS Hub today. And this is a tool that can scale to enterprise as well. So CMS Hub, one of those kind of, I think you've described it as the dark, <laughs> dark horse. It's people, people don't really know. They kind of know of it, but they don't realize how powerful it is. Finally, Operations Hub. This is the newest hub in HubSpot, and you might be confused about what it is. Most people don't know, or they might just know, oh, yeah, we sync with a few other platforms. Yep. It's really about dialect confidence, so automated data cleanup, really putting automation around that kind of internal operations of managing your data. Also, some advanced workflow actions. And then really just across the entire group of hubs, I think everyone knows you've got full reporting across the hubs. The report bill is pretty good now. People might not realize you can do actual full revenue attribution. That's at the enterprise tier, but it's there. It's been around for more than a year. It's quite good. Scheduling dashboards, automating things, enterprise security tools, they're all there. Custom objects, HubDB. We could go on and on. But the point of all of this is maybe you've been using HubSpot for a little while, just don't know what's available. Feel free to chat with us if you just want to book in a call with us at some point and just walk us through your business and your HubSpot portal. We can give you a few pointers, maybe a few suggestions of what you should and shouldn't do in HubSpot. 
Now, I do want to highlight to people there were some specific episodes that we did, for example, episode 278, which was best practices of marketing campaigns. So that was a good one. We had a very sales-focused one for episode 271, and there was a service hub-focused episode at 276. So if you get the show notes, they're all in there. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll put the links in there so you can go straight to those episodes. But yes, that's where it is. All right. On to the one thing, Craig. And this came from a little discussion we were having as I think I was walking <laughs> and we were talking. So I quite, listeners, if you don't know, I quite often walk and talk to Craig. I think walking, um, I don't know what it is, does Craig. It definitely gets us thinking. And we talk about lots of ideas for the show, even just for the show notes. So I think it's a really good way to come up with ideas. You know what? When you're at your desktop, it's easy to get distracted. I just saw oh, yeah, an email. Oh, I thought, yeah, I saw something about it. I'll look it up on Google. Oh, oh, hang on. I'm getting texted by someone. When you're walking, you're just focused. And yeah, you and I chat while we're walking separately, <laughs> different locations on the phone. But we're, we just chat and it just has a focus. And as this note says, we talk about one thing. And that's the thing. So one of the things we are going to do is we're going to cover one thing that you can go away with every week and we're going to split it across the different hubs so you guys can take that away and implement that's the whole idea use this to implement nowhere to go nowhere to find it and then go and implement it and then i'd love if people actually shared their results to say hey that worked it worked better than i thought it did that would be very exciting to hear all right on to one of our quick shots of the week craig so file tools Partitioning is now available at the file folder level. That's the first thing. The next thing that's quite exciting is there is a security center. It's a new option for checking your overall security in your portal. So it just shows you things like who's got two-factor authentication, etc. So well worth looking at if you just want to get an understanding of what there is. It shows you deactivated users, etc. So I'll just make a comment about security center, Ian. We're actually going to talk about it next episode with screenshots and how it works and all that. I've been underwhelmed by it, I have to say. I think it's just confusing. I was surprised that it's not in beta. Anyway, I've left that till next week because maybe things are rolling out. I just, anyway, it's there. Should go and have a look, but I I don't know how useful it is. Anyway, sorry, just had to interject with that. That's all right. And then we've also got the editing and creating of scheduling pages for others in sales. So an option, if you're not a super admin, you can create scheduling pages for others. So what this means is like, for example, you are in marketing and you're doing a campaign and you want to create a special meeting for a particular salesperson that relates to that campaign. Previously, you had to go and get them to do it, but now you can do that and then get the meeting link in place when you send out your campaign. So that's a good good step. And finally, we have a new list navigation details in the side panel, Craig, to track the performance of the list. I think it's nice. Just brings that performance in there. By the way, did we mention this before or we've just had it sitting in the show notes but never get around to talk about it for the last couple of weeks? It's been sitting in the show notes and yeah. getting moved along. So here it is, <laughs> listeners. Just so people know, we, we have so much stuff to chat about each episode. So we bump it to the next episode, then the next episode sometimes. There's things sitting there that wait weeks before they end up in a show, but that's a good good problem to have. All right, on to our marketing feature of the week, and this is about email marketing approvals, and this is marketing enterprise feature. And what it does is it 
rolls out this approval functionality and we just touched on it earlier in terms of like website pages, but this is purely to do with emails. It's a public beta. So if you, if you can enable it, you can go and do that. But the big thing is, is it allows you to make sure that you can get those approvals by certain people. And it doesn't, not, not just one person, but a couple of people or whoever needs to approve it and they can request changes and so on. Now be aware, once it goes through the approval process, you can't get it re-approved again. So essentially it goes through that process once on that particular iteration before you obviously publish. So, And there's two things. Once you enable it, it'll be enabled, but you actually need to go into the email configuration and enable the feature for emails to be approved. And then you can actually set it on particular users as well. So I guess in this instance, it might be worthwhile to have a permission set that we talk about to easily have that as an option if you want people to approve emails. All right, on to our sales pitch of the week, Craig. This is something we were talking about when we were trying to get our calendars synced. And we were thinking, hang on, because we actually block out a lot of our calendar to do work, to make sure we do work because... I'm notorious. If it's not in the calendar, I kind of do, don't do it. So I put it in there. And then Craig goes to me, he goes, your calendar is really full. And I'm going, yes, it is, but it's not where I can't take a meeting. So we, that's when we said, oh, how do we make this work for us? And this is uh, the sales features because we're trying to put things in our calendar, but also make it available for people to book meetings where appropriate. And what's the trick, Craig? Well, that's right. As you said, this relates to the HubSpot meetings tool. So that scenario is I want to block stuff out in my calendar so my team don't book in my time, but I do still want to be available externally if there's a prospect or a sales call. So in Google Calendar, and I haven't checked in Outlook, there might be a similar process. Google Calendar has this free busy indicator that you can put on a meeting. And I didn't realize this, so maybe it's obvious to most people, but I didn't realize this, that if you mark it as free, it's in your calendar, so it can block out. But... HubSpot looks at that and says, oh, you are available to take calls. So people can book in a meeting with you. Whereas if you switch it to busy, they can't. So that's really nice. So how are we using this? Well, like you, Ian, I like to block out my calendar with, oh, yeah, for example, in the show notes, I've got this example. I'm going to prepare HubShots at this point. So I just put it in my calendar. It's almost like a to-do list. It's kind of like, yep, I'm going to prepare there. I've got the time set aside. But if someone wanted to book in a sales call with me, I want to be available. That's the situation. This solves it. And the other thing I'll just say, we actually use naming conventions. Uh, This has nothing to do with HubSpot, but I thought listeners might be uh, interested. We actually use prefixes on our meetings. So if anything's prefixed with a one, it means it's urgent or it's important, can't be moved. Anything that we prefix with a two means it's flexible. So, of course, our team has full access to our calendars. that, That may not be normal for most enterprises, but it is for us. So anyone can look at my calendar and say, oh, it's prefixed with a two. That's flexible. If there's something urgent, I can book it in. But otherwise, they know, oh, I'm putting this time aside. This, going back to HubSpot, the free busy just means that HubSpot meetings can almost have the same control. So I love it. So at the start of this episode, you said the one thing. This is our one thing for listeners. If you're not using HubSpot meetings for making your calendar available for people to book in externally, uh, that's the one thing. Enable it. And then this free busy might be the solution to a problem <laughs> maybe you didn't know you had. Anyway, really handy. It's just changed the way we do work and manage our availability. It's made a big difference to us because A, we're in two different businesses 
And B has just eased a lot of that backwards and forwards between us. So well worth getting in front of. All right, the HubSpot service feature of the week, Craig. This is a new feature about seamless handoff across conversation, handoff across inboxes. Now, why is this so exciting? Well, it's just a, it's an incremental improvement and you've been able to move conversations to other inboxes. That's not new. But when that used to happen, they were set to unassigned. So uh, it's assigned to me. I'm sending it to another inbox. Oh, it goes to unassigned. Now you can actually set. When you're moving it, it just says, oh, who you can assign it to. So you can kind of keep the current assignment. That's, in fact, that's the benefit right there. Just keep current assignment half the time. That's all you wanted to do. But you can actually set it to someone else. You might say, oh, this is in my conversations inbox. I'm going to move it to this other inbox and I'll assign it to someone else at the time. It's incremental improvement. It's the little things in. Just makes that whole process, well, as they say, seamless, a little bit easier. All right. On to our HubSpot admin feature of the week. And this is about impersonating a user. So log in as a user on the actions menu bar when you're looking at users and teams. And you're probably going to go, well, why is this important? Because sometimes you give permissions to people and you don't really know what does that look like on their end. And this gives you the ability to to actually see what the user will see, especially when you're setting up your permission sets. This is a great way to test things out. This is an enterprise-only feature, so you've got to have an enterprise hub to have this available to you. But a very nice feature nonetheless, uh, well worth having a look at. If you've got it, and you want to see what other people are seeing. Super handy. I have to say, I didn't know about this, Ian. My team pointed it out. Oh, yeah, this is what we do. I'm like, what? Had I not? It's probably been there for ages, right, Ian? I just didn't know. Anyway, maybe I'm not the only one. All right, Craig, on to our gotcha of the week that we found. Did you know about this before we found this? I did not know about it. Okay. <laughs> so it, we, let's say you've assigned someone a paid seat in your portal. Okay, user A, oh, they've got a sales pro seat. User A leaves the company. Oh, we'll deactivate them. It keeps a hold of that paid seat license. I, I don't understand why it doesn't just prompt you. You're deactivating this user. Would you like to free up any paid seats they have? Surely that would... I don't understand it. Anyway, it caught me by surprise. We were working... We we're doing coaching call earlier this week with a client, Ian, you and I, and we're like this. And they're like, oh, we've run out of seats. And then we started going through their users. Oh, no, that user's no longer there. Oh, they've got a paid seat. They've got a paid... We freed up about five or six paid seats for them. Save them a whole bunch of money right there on the spot. Anyway, I don't want to say maybe that's why this gotcha's in there. But anyway, what do you do? So you don't deactivate them straight away. First of all, you have to remove the paid seat. Now, if you've got enterprise, we do this with permission sets. We actually create a permission set called removal permissions. And one of the things that does is actually remove any paid seats. So the flow is we just have this and we've got a screenshot of it, remove all permissions and it has no paid seats. Whenever someone leaves the company, we go, right, set them to this permission set, remove all permissions, and then we deactivate them. That's the process and it clears up any um, paid seats so other people can use them. The only thought I had was why wouldn't you do this? And the only reason I could think of is maybe someone, you're going to deactivate them for a month. Maybe you expect them to come back to the business. I'm not sure why. They're going on long service leave. You're just deactivating while they're away. And then you want to reactivate them and for them to pick up where they left off with the same permissions and paid seat, maybe. Seems like a bit of an edge case to me, but that might be the exception. Anyway, that's it. That's the process. If you don't have enterprise and permission sets, then the process is one, remove the paid seat first, then deactivate the user. I hope that's helpful to people. 
And actually, you know what? We should have made this the one thing, Ian. Go and check if you've got paid seats allocated to deactivated users. We might save you a bit of money right there. All right. Now, we've got a listener question of the week, Craig. Which HubSpot tools have folders and which have subfolders? So you've actually created a really nice layout here that explains which tools have folders and which have subfolders. And so do you want to quickly go through this? Yes. And I'll just say this was from, I think I last updated this in December. So possibly they're rolling out this. It might be a little bit out of date, but at the time, each of the tools lists folders. Yes. Subfolders. Yes. Emails. Yes. Folders, subfolders. Yes. But then we've got real inconsistency. For example, landing pages versus website pages. Do you know you can have folders for landing pages and subfolders, but you can't for website pages? Don't understand it. Inconsistent. Forms, you can only have folders, no subfolders. Anyway, the whole table is here. I'm not going to read through them all. Just really to highlight that it's inconsistent, it's confusing, and so this table might just help you have a look at that and get a bit more order. We really like portals to be as organized as possible. We use folders where we can. It's not available everywhere. We also use subfolders where we can as well, especially workflows, emails, and pages. We tend to use them a lot. So there you go. The other thing to note, though, is, and I think maybe this is why HubSpot has kind of been a bit slow to roll out folders uniformly, is they're going for this new views approach. You know, contacts, you can create views with pages and landing pages. They've got this views format now. I think it might still be in beta. I don't know if it's fully released. But they're going for more of a views approach. And I get it. And I think views are probably the way to go. So once that's rolled out everywhere, maybe this becomes less important. But yep, there's listener question and there's the answer. Get the show notes and you can have that table and guide yourself with that. All right. Onto our thought of the week, Craig. Having an attitude of being thankful. And why I wanted to talk about this was because it's so easy with everything going on around us to be discouraged. And I have this constant discussion with our family. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad. Actually, you have to be thankful. Like we got up today, we were able to have a great meal. We were able to, you know, go and enjoy ourselves and do an activity, for example. And you have that opportunity to do that. So are we actually aware of all those opportunities? Are we looking at the things that are not working and the things that are bad? Maybe the weather's not so great today. Hey, but we don't, we got to play Monopoly all day with our family. That was, that was really good. Anyway, but Craig here has put in the show notes a cute little puppy to brighten up your day. So, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. How cute is that puppy? <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think this is a good reminder. You're very good at reminding me about this, Ian. I quite, uh, I think you're very good at this. I'm trying to get better at this. And, you know, I feel very lucky. But I, I got very sick but, uh, before Christmas. Some people know I have a bit of a medical condition that knocks me out every so often. Uh, but I've got great doctors, got great health care. I was quickly put on to what's really expensive medication and yet the healthcare in Australia makes it very affordable for me. So my wife and I, sure, I was out of action for a while, but incredible care, cost me almost nothing. I'm just like, you know, I could take it, I could be really down about it, but I was actually very thankful about just how well cared for we are here. And I know, you know, people have got a lot worse than me, but if you look at the news, I think that's the worst thing or what we're trying to counter. You look at the news, it just looks doom and gloom every day. So I try not to read the news much. I try to focus on emulating your approach, Ian, just being grateful and focused on the things that we're so lucky to have. That's right. On to our quote of the week. And there was a quote actually at the start of the show that you put, Craig, which I kind of 
skipped by, but the quote at the end of the show says, opportunities multiply as they are seized. And this is from Sun Tzu. And what was the quote at the start, Craig? In the midst of chaos, there is also opportunity. Two very good quotes from Sun Tzu. All right. Now you've got the one thing to do in the show, but here is how we can help you. Actually, this is, this is the 11 things you probably are not using in HubSpot. Sorry. <laughs> and so, listeners, this is something that we did a little while ago, but it's still valid. And it is the 11 things that you probably are not using in HubSpot. Well worth a watch. It was recorded. It is there. The slides are there. And yeah, have a listen to it. There are probably lots of things you can go and implement. So I encourage you as you're going through it, pause it, go to your portal, have a look, and you can use it in that manner as a bit of a check to say, hey, am I doing that? Keep going backwards and forwards, pausing it. And I'm pretty sure you'll get massive value. I think so. This is a good follow-on from our overview at the top, which is you might not realize that this is available on Hubs. This was a bit of a deep dive. And as you said, we did this as a private masterclass for our clients, and then we're going to do keep doing that. But then about three months later, we're going to make it available kind of more publicly for our listeners and people who have subscribed to the show notes. But it is rapid fire. There is just one hour of just solid content uh, that's just rapid fire. And our guidance to people was go through it. The slide deck's available and everything. Just pick one thing, implement it in the next 30 days, come back and find another thing. I think it was, yeah, really valuable clients that they loved it. All right. So, Craig, people ask us how we can help them and what's the best place to start? I think our quick check service is really useful. So here's two things. Have you inherited HubSpot from someone else in the team that's no longer there? You're not sure what's in place, what to do. And the other big one that's coming up is you're coming up to HubSpot renewal time and you're like, look, are we spending, are we getting value from our portal? Do we need all this stuff? Uh, book in a quick check with us and we'll go through your business with you and look at your portal and we'll just give you a few pointers. I uh, maybe don't need that, but maybe you should look at this uh, and then we can help you out there. More details on the website, book in and we look forward to chatting with you soon. Well, listeners, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already subscribed to the show notes, please do. And that's a good way because it comes from Craig. If you want to reply... Craig gets it directly. And I would love for you to actually connect with me on LinkedIn. So if you want to do that, just search me on LinkedIn. And oh, there's a, there'll probably be a link in the comments and in the show notes. So you can do that. And I'd love to hear from you. And thank you to everybody who has connected. It has been great talking to you. And I just want to say thank you for supporting us over the last seven years. I know some people, I think I actually spoke to somebody I'm not going to name it who it is, who's been listening to the show from the very start. And then they reached out to us with a suggestion and it was such a good session. And I guess it was a bit unfortunate you did turn off Craig because you were not that well, but it was so good just to talk to somebody who had everything together and just wanted a different perspective on things and how they could help their sales team. So appreciated that session with them. So if you want to connect, please connect with Craig and myself. Well, Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips, and marketing resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.